0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Joshi Dreamcast. I am your host once again, and as always, Scott Edwards. Very excited for episode two because obviously, episode one, uh, and you know, I want to just first of all thank everyone that you know shared words and uh really you know appreciated and watched that show because it, it was is such a blast for me to you know get this show started here on Fightful Overbooked and you know it was the first of many to come and as you can see here we're on number two so we didn't get canceled right and I love where we're going in the Joshi world I love it because You know, we're here, we're here sitting on episode two. We don't have a pay per view to review like we did last time, but we have a lot of interesting matches, a lot of interesting upcoming matches, news, a little bit of everything heading into what I think is going to be an amazing, amazing summer for professional wrestling. Absolutely amazing, but specifically Joshi wrestling. Right, because we have on in, at the beginning of July, we have two two knockout pay per views as both stardom with Midsummer Champions and uh, TJPW with their uh, summer pay per view at, at Oda Award. The name escapes me for the moment, but those shows are going to be big, and that TJPW show specifically is going to be their biggest since Grand Princess. In Oda Ward, you're going to have Aikaru Shida, Riho, Riho, um, Shoko Nakajima versus her opponent that we'll talk about later, uh, Aja Kong. It, it has everything. And then we just got the cards today for Stardom's next couple shows. We're going to talk a little bit about Fight in the Top because the next time I'm back with you, We'll be reviewing that show, which includes two, two cage matches, which is very, very exciting. And obviously, you know, we have so many other places to go in Joshi. So instead of me rambling on here, let's get to it. Right. And there was a match that actually didn't happen in Japan that I want to talk about first. And that match is the Miyuki Takase versus Miyu Yamashita match from Deadlock Pro's No Pressure Show. The match was a golden opportunity. The winner would get a future shot at the, I believe it will be the Deadlock uh, Pro Women's Championship. I don't know exactly what they're they're naming the title, But what I do know is that this match, this match right here, is as close to a dream match as you will get in the current day of Joshi. You have Miyuki Takase, the former ace of actress girls. Obviously, actress girls has changed the way they got, And so she has become a freelancer. You know, she's one of the main lead parts of Nomads, and she wrestles everywhere. And then you have Miyu Yamasha, the undoubtable ace of TJPW. She has, you know, shown the world what she's capable of in the last couple weeks alone. She appeared on AEW Dark Elevation, teaming with Sky Blue to take on Nyla Rose and Serena Deeb. By the end of the match, she had the fans eating out of her hands as she, you know, pretty much just kicked her way to becoming a fan favorite. And then you had her also wrestling in prestige wrestling against Masha Slamovich and a big rematch against Maki Ito the day after. Uh, she's coming back for Garden State Wrestling's first show, Welcome to Eden. She's doing a lot. She's doing a lot here in the States. But this was the match. This was the match that said it all. This match said it all in terms of what should we expect from Joshi wrestlers who come here to the United States to face off with one another, possibly in dream matches like this one, or just, you know, special important matches for these promotions to build around. This match, you can check it out on, I believe it's dpw.com, ondemand.com. You might have to check that, but make sure to go check this match out. Because, as you saw in the original graphic here that started off our show you need to see this match i i will admit i had the highest of hopes for this because i'm someone that you know miyuki takase is one of my favorite wrestlers in the world I miiyama mean, is right there as well and we don't get to see this in japan Because TJPW is so, they're very, they're very on their own, right? Uh, They don't really work with many other outsiders or freelancers. The only outsider, and I'm saying this, as I just said, they're working with Aja Kong, Riho, and Icaro but. Uh, and they're they're changing, so obviously this could change. But they don't work with them; they don't work with the Joshi independence. So the only place I was going to get to see this match anytime soon was somewhere here in the United States, because Miyu Yamashita does have that freedom when she comes over here. And just to get to the match itself, right? The the feeling that you had. When they stood across from each other, you know, they shake their hands. Very respectful. For me, it was a match that I ended up having a smile on my face the entire time. I don't know how much that happens. I don't, obviously, because I'm not, you know, when I'm watching a wrestling match, I don't always know if I'm smiling the whole time. But this time I was, and they never let me down the rest of the way. What both of them are so good at doing is that they can play off their opponent in ways where their confidence really speaks. And, you know, know, they don't have to talk or anything, but they just show that, you know, they're not going to get messed with. It doesn't matter who their opponent is. So you clash that together, and you just have such an amazing exhibition between two of the best in the world. Takase Yamashita. You know, Yamashita known for her kicks. Takase known for her devastating, devastating chops and forearms. How do you mix this together? Well, 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 you have this part in the match early on where they are trading kicks and chops. But it's a matter of Takase sitting on the ground say, come on, come on, hit me harder. And, you know, you're asking your master to kick you hard. She's going to kick you hard. And then Yamashita does the same with the chops. And after a while, they're like, oh, maybe this wasn't a good idea. And they're going back and forth, going back and forth. And this is really where the match picked up. They they add some comedy to it with like Takase running around the entire ar- arena before clotheslining a, uh, the ring post that Yamashita had been laying against. uh you know they get in the ring and they're just going back and forth. It it's a match where you just got to see it to witness how great it was. It it's one of my favorite matches of the year and in the end, Yamashita takes that victory with a picture perfect skull kick in the end. Of course, those are the skull kicks that you can often see go viral on Twitter. After the match, they you know, they respect one another, standing ovation from the crowd, and they deserved it so much. And maybe this was my biggest takeaway, but, you know, Yamash is going to be perfectly fine. And Takase is too. But keep booking Miyuki Takase to whoever, whatever promotion it is. You know, obviously Yamasha has TJPW to work through, so she she's fine. Takase deserves... Just as much work, because she is a top-tier talent. She is one of the best, the best in the entire world, and I don't I don't think that's an under, uh, overstatement. I think it's just the truth. She showed it here. She won the U.S. crowd over. Miyu Yamashita, Yuki Takase, Deadlock Pro, no pressure. Go check that match out. It is a must-see, not only for Joshi fans, but for wrestling fans. A fantastic, a fantastic treat of what Joshi Wrestling is and can be, no matter where it happens. Now, let's move on. We had a big show this weekend here in Japan as it was, and no, it's not New Japan dominion you can check out the new japan show to see that this was cyber fight festival the bringing together of all the promotions under the cyber fight name which includes pro wrestling noah ddt pro gambare pro and of course tjpw there were four matches highlighting tjpw talent one of them was just kind of you know a preliminary tag that was on the pre-show. We had a big tag that involved Miyu Yamashita and Maki Ito, a number one contenders match for the Princess of Princess Championship, and of course Shoko Nakajima defending the Princess of Princess Championship against Yuka Sakazaki. So let's start with that first tag, not the preliminary tag, because I I don't have much to say about that. You got Miyu Yamashita, Maki Ito, and jury Nagano, a very much rookie. If you don't know who she is, uh, she's very popular uh, in Japan as a whole, not just as a wrestler, but I believe she's a black belt in karate. She's a nurse. She's a TikTok star. She does a lot of things, but she has, what, maybe four matches to her name? So instantly, big match for her being here on this show, but also teaming. With Yamashita and Ito. Yeah, it doesn't get bigger than that. Facing the team of Hikari Noah, former international princess champion, Suzume, and. Oh, just, it just, it just left my brain. Kari Noah, Suzume, and. That's hilarious. Let me double check. Oh, oh, Yuki Arai. Apologies. That's funny. So. Suzume, Hikarino Yuki Rai. Yuki Rai, obviously popular for her idol. Um, I, I think it's called SKE48 or something like that. She's part of an idol group. Very popular. Uh, obviously, TJPW sees big things in her. She, she challenged Maki Ito at their biggest show ever, Grand Princess, for the International Princess Championship. While well, she failed, that doesn't go unnoticed. So... You go here, the match starts with and Nagano and Yuki Rai in the ring, and instantly, instantly, if you follow TJPW enough, you know if Jury Nagano fully commits to pro wrestling, if Yuki Rai continues to learn, this can be a big match somewhere down the road because of how popular they already are without really being, you know, in-ring technician. You know, they're not going to go out there and do uh, what a Kurt Angle match would do, right? They... Can be special though. Jury Nagano, with that karate background, has shown signs. She does really cool kicks. Uh, she has really cool strikes. She's shown signs that she can get there. She can get there, and I think she will. Now, moving forward, this match in the end was all about Muyamashita. Muyamashita and Suzume in there, really having some good exchanges, but. Did I really think Suzume had a chance? No, no. I I mean, let's be honest here. May's great. I think she's one of the more underrated wrestlers in TJPW and perhaps on the Joshi scene. That being said, you don't mess with Miyu Yamashita. Just like the first match we talked about, Miyu Yamashita kicked off the head of Suzume. One, two, three. They win. Jerry Nagano gets her first win of her career. Um, Maki Ito and Miu Yamashita, just a great tag team. Continue to stand high. Um, A really fun, entertaining tag. Nothing, you know, nothing that will make a match of the year contenders list or anything like that, but a very, very good trio's tag. Now let's get to that fatal four way to decide the next. Contender for the Princess of Princess Championship This person, whomever were to win Would go on to the Summer Princess Show Where they would face either shokun Nakajima Or Yuki Sakazaki In the main event of that show Now, the competitors were Rika Tatsumi who I thought should be the favorite, seeing that she was a champion a year ago, well, over a year ago now. She was the Princess of Princess Champion. Her reign came to an end at the hand of Miyu Yamasha, and she never got another shot, so it felt like it was time. You have Yuki Kawafuku, a former international princess champion. You have... Um, you have Mizuki, a two-time Tokyo Princess Cup winner, uh, the one half of the reigning Princess Tag Team champions, and you have Miyu Watanabe, someone that a lot of TJPW fans believe is ready to make that next step. Lots of good to go around here. Pretty much a win-win-win in, in any form, even though I'm not the biggest Kamifuku fan. She has her fans So that's fine. Get to the match. The match starts. And when you're watching a match like this, to me, you can get a hint. You get a hint of who's going to win early on. And it it did feel like Tatsumi was the one from the get-go. And obviously, I predicted her to win. But she felt like she was the one from the start. And... There were a lot of cool moments in this match, like Miyu Watanabe doing a double swing, you know, like the swing that, say, uh, Cesaro does, where he does the one person. Yeah, she did a double swing. She swang uh, Mizuki and Rika Tatsumi around the ring. That was just, it was awesome. Uh, It's one of those, like, moments where you're like, you know, thank you. You know, thank you for entertaining me with such a ridiculous-looking thing, because how do you double swing? Someone it, it's it's incredible So they do that uh, you move Forward uh, and then It comes down to Rika Tetsumi Watanabe, Tag team partners they Challenge for the tag team titles At Grand Princess they know Each other like the back of their hand So you put these Two together you have some really Really good final sequences Between these two Before Rika Tatsumi Hits that Diving hip attack from the top rope, taking out Watanabe, pinning her one, two, three, writing her check, writing her name in that billboard that for TJPW's big pay per view, she will challenge the winner of the semi main event of Cyber Fight Festival. And that's where we're going next Cyber Fight Festival. Last year, we saw Miyu Yamash to successfully defend the title against Yuka Sakazaki in the third match to the top. Uh, it was also Junakiyama versus Harashima for the DTT uh, KOD championship. And then in the main event last year, you had Muto versus Naomiichi Marafuji for the GHC heavyweight championship. This year, no DDT Pro title match Giving TJPW a step up To the semi main event A very very big spot And then of course in the main event You had Goshi Ozaki versus Satoshi Kujima. So we get to this semi main event And What You expect between these two Is, a, is an interesting It's an interesting dynamic Because the last time they faced off In singles competition was back in I believe twenty nineteen. Was it twenty nineteen? Yeah, I believe so. The last time they faced off was when Shoko Nakajima's first reign with the Princess of Princess Championship ended when Yuka Sakazaki beat her in the middle of the ring. So so this is a big match for Shoko to go through. This was one she wanted. She wanted to get back that win that she just didn't have, you know. It'd been so long since they went one on one. How could she do it on the biggest stage possible? Not only did she do it, she did it with flying colors. She didn't have a problem. Well, she did because Yuka, Yuka didn't just sit there and uh, let her let her win. But in the end, in the end, Shoko felt like that dominant champion. You had amazing incredible entrances for these two you, on one side you have the uh magical uh what is what is the magical girl and you know you have all these dancers behind her and they're just doing all these cool stuff like that and you know i'm showing the camera that but i can't do it justice you got to go check it out and then Shoko comes out. She has dinosaurs running around. Obviously, she's the big kaiju. And it's just, it's crazy. But they were all out for these entrances as they did all night. And these two were two of the best in the whole show. Yeah. It wasn't about the entrances. The entrances got us off to a good start. But once you got to that match, it was about who could walk away. Yuka Sakazaki, obviously. You know, if Miyu Yamash is that number one Wrestler in TJPW, Yuka Sakazaki is right behind her. Yuka Sakazaki is known worldwide much more than anyone besides maybe Maki Ito in TJPW. You know, her work in AEW doesn't go unnoticed. She was just over there. She had that great match with Riho uh, where Riho qualified for the Owen Hart Cup. Uh, But this was a big match. Second year in a row, Yuka was on. The Cyber Fight Festival, uh, challenging for the title, obviously. So, so you get to the match. The match, you know, they go back and forth. They do whatever. Uh, they trade forearms at one point, which is really good because Yuka Sakazaki, they are some of the best forearms you'll see in wrestling. Um, Mizuki, not Mizuki. Shoko takes out Yuka on the outside with a beautiful uh, diving it was it was it looks like a suicide dive, but she does a flip in the air to take her out uh kind of like the tope con hilo but through this middle rope uh so she does that she takes her out now the weird thing with this match is that it was good, but it also felt flat at times it, it felt like there was something off the entire time. Not between the wrestlers, they had a fine solid match, but when the match ended when choku Nakajima won with her you know, diving senton bomb she, not she, but they kind of felt like one, they went to it early because it kind of was unexpected it felt like they had another 5 minutes to go, match went around 14 minutes, just shy of uh, 15, and it was the third longest match on the card. So they, they fit a lot of boxes. They checked a lot of boxes. But I felt like they had a lot more story to tell. And ultimately, after can missed that 450 splash where she jumps off the top rope from the middle of the ring and springboards herself, it, it kind of felt like the match was over. It, it felt over as soon as she missed that. And it was over as soon as she missed that. Shoko hit a double arm DDT. And Shoko hit that sent on. It was over. And the crowd wasn't as invested as you'd hope they would be. And I just don't know what what was going on. Maybe they were tired from the kano Dice K Sasaki match prior that was, you know, kind of like it was, ex- it wasn't extreme rules, but it was a hardcore match and it went 21 minutes. Maybe they were tired from that. Maybe they weren't in a good spot on the card despite being a semi main event. I don't know, but it was odd. It was very odd. You know, we were talking Cyber Fight Festival here and it was a shining night for all the promotions, but there just there just wasn't. There just wasn't what you'd hope here, right? You wanted them to, you know, break through that glass. You wanted them to have that phenomenal one-on-one title match. And while the match was good, it never came close to that. And oftentimes it, it just fell, it fell flat and it happens. It happens. It is what it is. We move on. We move on. So. That's Cyber Fight Festival. I think if you want to check that out, by the way, WrestleUniverse.com, you can check that out at any time if you'd like. I believe they're doing a free two-week trial maybe. So better time, uh, no better time than the present to do so. Now we move forward. Where do we go next? Because like I said, Joshi's got a lot of announcements, a lot of news, lots of big matches coming up. But it would be wrong of us. To go anywhere but stardom because stardom has an action-packed couple of, I was going to say weeks, months coming up. They have fight in the top at the end of the month, at the beginning of next month on the same day as TJPW show. They have Midsummer Champions, which I was talking about earlier. They got stardom in showcase later in, in July uh, the day after that, they have yet another pay-per-view. And then at the end of July, the five-star Grand Prix kicks off. Within all that time, they're going to try to fit in a lot. And when I say a lot, it starts here. At the Osaka shows this weekend, Kyrie showed up. Obviously, she didn't wrestle. But she showed up after the Sayaka Kawatani Utami Itami match. Uh, where they went to a double count out with Mirai and Ami Sore uh so after that happened Kyrie's standing in the ring and if you watched their last pay-per-view flashing champions where Kyrie teamed with Tamikano to to beat Miyu Amasaki and Tommy Hayashi you you saw Kyrie essentially allude to uh pretty much challenging tommy to a singles match down the line so Kyrie being here I personally thought oh okay well let's just, you know we continue that but no but no Kyrie has changed course she has changed course dramatically she walks up to Tommy. she gives her some compliments even though some of them were very ice cold in the sense that she's like you know I thought the title was going to make you, but you really made the title, and it's like you know it's a little backhanded comment. That you're like, "Damn, you didn't, you didn't have to say that, Kyrie, but you did." Uh, so you get to this, you get to this, and personally, I sit there thinking, "Oh, so she's gonna she's gonna lay down the challenge before the Starlight Kid title defense?" Interesting, but Kyrie does change it up. She says, "No." Before I go for the Wonder Stardom title match, let's do a tag team match because, you know, Kyrie loves doing tag team matches since she's come back. Let's do a tag team match. You, as Insight Kamatani, and a partner of your choice, presumably Utami Aishishita, but it could be anyone else from Queen's Quest as well, versus me, Kyrie, and a strong partner, a surprise partner of my choosing. Uh, you know she's she's given hints. She faced her off once. It was a great battle, and it has led many people to start thinking who could that be. So we're getting a big Kyrie versus Sayaka tag team match, and then ultimately we are probably getting a title match. And it's hard to think where do they fit it in because of the five star Grand Prix coming up. And they announced the Midsummer Champions card today, as well as New Blood 3. We'll go over those briefly before uh well we're gonna go over fighting the top. We might not go over those. Uh we'll go over those next time. But that midsummer champions fight is where she fights uh Starlight Kid. There hasn't been a tag team match announced. We don't know when that's gonna be. So this title challenge for Kyrie against Saya Kamitani, it might not be coming for a long while. There's just not that much time unless they do it at, unless they do the tag at that pay-per-view. And then the next day they do the, the title match in July, but it's just hard to figure out because so much is going on, but it's exciting. It's obviously exciting. Who could be Kyrie's partner? Tim Nakano commented on it on Twitter, especially after they teamed up and was like, Hey, what the heck? Not me so that's not going to be that It's a surprise I've seen people on Twitter Think Maybe And this this could be a pipe dream obviously Because of what she's busy doing But maybe Tony Storm A former World of Stardom champion A former 5 Star Grand Prix Winner A former Cinderella winner In Stardom Obviously an option I've thought Nanai Takahashi that would be an interesting one. It, it's going to be someone probably from stardom's past, from what Kyrie alluded to. And almost all the options are very welcome, very exciting, very interesting. Who is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If I wish I had the answer. But those are a couple names to look out for. Um, It could be anyone. and It's probably going to be exciting. It'll probably be a great tag team match. We're looking forward to that. So that's our little Kyrie update. But let's talk Fight in the Top. A big preview here. We're going to review it at our next episode. Because I believe, if I'm not wrong, if I'm not wrong, that show is on June 26th. Yeah, so... Two weeks from today, I will be reviewing Stardom Fight in the Top, which features not one, but two Steel Cage matches, the first in stardom history. And the way we got here, a little messy, but it works. So here's the card rundown, and we'll talk about the big matches as we get there. So Nagi Sayaka, Wakasukiyama, and Rako face off a triple threat action. Nothing big there, just, you know, again, the, a lot of these matches are to get everyone on the card. You got Momo Kogo and Sai Iida facing off against uh, Miyu Amasaki and Lady Sea of Queen's Quest. You have a big single... Well, take it back, you have a special singles match. Hamaka versus Mina Shirakawa. Uh, they're former friends, so there's a little interest level for you. We have a massive, massive artist of stardom trios, triple threat. Momo Watanabe, Saki Kashima, and Starlight Kid defend their titles against the God Eyes trio of Shuri, Mirai, and Ami Serae, who also face off with Julia, Micah, and Mai Sakurai. A massive, massive match. And. It's elimination, so over the top rope rules will be allowed, they will be in the match. But should be a lot of fun. And hopefully, hopefully for that one we have uh the same champions coming out of it. I think it would be I think it would be kind of wrong to have a way to tie lose their titles again right in their first uh second defense, first defense. It would be wrong, right? So, let's not do that. But you never know. But let's talk big steel cage matches. Tim, Nakano, Natsupoi, a very much, very much storied rivalry. They had that big Wonderstar title match a year ago. Uh, they had this weird press conference thing where they threw food in each other's face. I, I don't know. But they're having a two-match series, which obviously could become three if it's split. So here... At this show, they'll enter the steel cage, uh, which was not originally planned, but Tam McConnell wanted to make it a steel cage match. So that's where we're going there. And then on two two days later, three days later, at the Cork and Hall show, they will face off again in the main event in a singles match. I'm guessing we split them apart, but it's officially will be the first steel cage match in the history of stardom. Uh, Steel cage matches in Joshi have a very... They're very historic. They're very important. Um, Obviously, Bull Nakano was big in them back in the HAW days. So, this match, while the build, the story may be odd and not really... I think it takes away at times from what these two are capable of as storytellers. When they get in the ring for this match, that storytelling will be on full display. It'll be on full display. They'll have a, I'm sure a fantastic match, but who wins, right? If you're having two matches, who wins the steel cage? I think it would be right for, Natsupoi to, I think it's only escape rules. I think it would be right for Natsupoi to get that win. I think she's, she's built for, you know, a crafty exit from the steel cage. She's built to be crafty in such a cage. I'm not saying Tam Nakao is not, but the way Natsupoi wrestles and the way that she often delivers in such spots. I think this is her match to win. Um, it should be a great showing. Obviously, they've never been in a steel cage, but Tam Nakano has had her fair share of crazy stipulations in stardom, and oftentimes she delivers. So I'm sure it'll happen again here. And in the main event, this match was made after Kogamo was like, hey, Izumi, you done chasing me around the arena? And Izumi was like, Yes. Right? Like that was that was pretty much the preps behind it. So you have these two teams say, Oh, all right, let's face each other inside a steel cage. Uh Utami was like huh. Come on. Okay. Uh Sayakamatani was like, Hell yeah, because she's crazy. She's like, I'm afraid of heights, but let's do it. Uh Hazuki was like, Yeah, I'm crazy, let's do it. Mayo Yutani drops this great line, do I have to? And then she says yes. So, this steel cage match features the premier talents of stardom. Hizuki, Mayu Yutani, and Kogama teaming up for the stars trio against Izumi, Tomi uh Hayashishida, and Saya Kamitani. What do they do in the steel cage? Yeah, you have some crazy minds coming together for it. Absolutely out of their mind in the best way possible. So, who jumps off the cage? Right? That's the big question. So, the question is who wins or who loses? No one, need, no one, that's not the most important part. Who jumps off the cage? We saw both Kogama and Mayu Itani jump off ladders in the first ladder match last year in December. We know what Saya Kamatani can do for someone that's afraid of heights. She does the craziest stuff out of all of them in, in the most basic of matches. Hazuki and Azumi can be kind of crazy, but they're not going to jump off anything. And Tommy's not going to jump off anything, but she will be... She'll be as good as anyone in there. It's going to be exciting. It Hopefully... You know, listening to me, you can get hyped for such a match because I am. I'm hyped for this. You know, they didn't go the title route for this pay-per-view. They're doing cage matches. A special treat to all. It should be a lot, a lot of fun here at Fight in the Top again, June 26th in less than two weeks. Uh, Same day as the... New Japan AEW Forbidden Door Show, for example. So, something to look forward to there. All right. Now, looking forward, looking in our crystal ball here, as I said, Midsummer Champions, New Blood 2, both had their cards announced today. Uh, Midsummer Champions, their top three matches will be the ones we already knew as Momokogo challenges for the high speed championship against Azumi. Starlight Kid challenges Sayakamitani for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. I think that could be one of, if not the best, starter match of the year. Yeah, you heard me here say that right now. And you have a rematch of the classic five-star Grand Prix 2021 final as Momo Watanabe challenges Shuri for the World of Stardom Championship. Where do they go? How violent does it become? Obviously, this past weekend, if you didn't see, so maybe not so obvious, Momo opened up Natsupoi's head with that wrench that she carries around, much like Show of New Japan for those who may be uh, listening for the first time don't know fully what Joshi do. Uh, Kevin Kelly actually shout out Momo Watanabe Anoedo Tai for the wrenchness uh, when he put in the boot this week, which she often does, but this week, she smashed Nazi Ploy with it off the side of the head. Nazi Ploy was all bloodied up. Uh, I'm almost going to do anything in her power, right? She's going to do anything in her power to walk away as World of Stardom champion. This has been her goal for years now. And since losing that Wonder of Stardom championship, that legendary run, the most dominant run that title has ever seen and may ever see, is losing that Wunderstorm Championship on May 16th, 2019. Momo Watanabe is 36, 18, and 7 in singles matches. Despite fans thinking maybe, just maybe, she's not finding the success they want, she has. That record goes a long way. But, in world of stardom title match challenges, I believe she's 0-3. So, so the the concern here is obviously necessary for those who might want to see Momo Watanabe as the world of stardom champion. But she's taking on and, and and I think while the concern in her title matches is fair. The biggest concern is the greatness The overall quality That Shuri brings to the table Since debuting Since returning Or going full time in stardom Her stardom singles uh, Career is Untouchable She's 34 6 and 6 34 6 and 6 No one No one Has a record like that in their stardom singles career I don't even need to check I don't need to check No one has that So that match alone Has all the makings to be Special We watched it last year Right We watched it last year We saw it in The five star final What these two can do With a prize that is so Important There's no bigger prize in Stardom now than the World of Stardom Championship. We'll talk about this match in a few weeks, but I just wanted to give a little hype for that show because I think it's going to be a top tier, at least the end of the show, because the rest of the card, you know, whatever, it's fine. But those two matches and that main event should be special. Um, The New Blood 2 show, for anyone wondering, is a very unique card with the biggest match being the announced Mirai versus Suzu Suzuki. Boy. Boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Did did anyone expect that? I can't say I did. I I, I didn't. And anyone that really says they did is one lying. You didn't, you know you didn't expect them to bring ahead such a incredible incredible singles match to that new blood show um because marai obviously the cinderella winner has been nothing short of dominant her only big losses or her only singles losses have come in a world of stardom title match a um a Wonder Stardom title match and against to Tommy Haisha at uh the Stardom Dream Queendom show. So, so this match is massive. Kisuzu Suzuki is on a war path to get to Julia. And she has gone through as many people as she's had to go through. This is her biggest singles match on stardom to date. It's a massive match. It's the way you sell a show like New Blood 2. It shouldn't make event. I don't know if it will, but it shouldn't make an event. And it should be everything we hope for it to be. That, that is all our stardom news here. But we're going to finish up with something really exciting Ice Ribbon. Ice Ribbon is currently on the path of crowning an ice. Cross Infinity Champion after Sakushi Haruka retired at their Yokohama Budokan show. She retired as champion after beating Asahi. We're on to the next round this coming weekend and by the time we're back they're going to have a new Ice Cross Infinity Champion at the and Hall show on the 26th. So this weekend we will see Seoriano face Amin, Amin's uh, arena Amacor of colors for those who may not know that, you know, that match and thinking it through who wins. I think Sayoriano has a real shot now of going to the finals after uh, the result of Asahi losing to Tehoma I think Sayoriano should beat Amin because she has that credibility as a freelancer. She has uh, fan support. Makes a lot of sense. That's who I'm picking for that one. Then we have Tehoma versus Totoro Satsuki. Totoro Satsuki is one half of the uh, ICE Champion uh, tag team champions. International ribbon? Maybe? I don't know. Fell on my head. Tehoma. Tehoma's uh, returned to wrestling at the Yokohama Budokan show Uh, after a long time off, Tehoma beating Asahi. Asahi was a favorite for me going into this tournament. Beating Asahi, I feel like she has to take that, she has to take that, uh, she has to take that win and make it her own. She has to make it count because it's a very, very important win. And, it's one that can spark you to the end she should beat torotsuki i believe that'll happen each match by the way does have a 15 minute time limit with the final match having no time limit so it's really exciting to see where we go here but on the other side of the bracket we got makoto versus yuki mashiro yuki mashiro is their current triangle ribbon champion uh, she is as good a baby face as you could find, she has been great for them. She's going to be one of their top stars moving forward. But Makado has been nothing short of great for Ice Ribbon this year. Another freelancer with a, with name recognition that can go in there and really, you know, dominate. She's um, she's a beast, right? Her her dominance doesn't doesn't only Go and Ice Ribbon. She's of course one half of the Beyond the Sea Tag Champions with Asuka Venny and uh Seedling. I think Makoto wins here, and then we have the final match of the next round. Ibuki Hoshi versus Micah Ozaki. Massive match once again, right? Ibuki Hoshi has been my pick to win this tournament since the beginning. Ibuki Hoshi. Had two fantastic title challenges over the last year. Ibuki Hoshi, to me, is the best wrestler in Ice Ribbon. She's been my personal favorite uh, wrestler in Ice Ribbon for a while now. Uh, With Tsukasa Fujimoto and Tsukushi Haruka no longer in the picture, at least for now. We know know Tsukasa is probably going to come back somewhere down the line. We just don't know when. Ibuki Hoshi needs to be the favorite here. She needs to beat Mike Ozaki. She needs to go on to facing Makoto and possibly Seoriano at that final match, which will be on the 26th at Corkin Hall. They are all happening the same night. My prediction remains Ibuki Hoshi going on to win this tournament and becoming the next Ice Cross Infinity Champion. It's see, it's not a lock. It's definitely not a lock. Makoto could win. Uh, Sayoriato could win. Someone's gonna win. Obviously, I think it should be Ibuki Kihoshi. I'm looking forward to this tournament. You should too. I believe the Cork and Hall show will be on pay per view. Uh, maybe on Kips. I believe is one of their pay per view services or Nico uh, video that, and then there. Shows this weekend should be on uh, Club Ice Ribbon, maybe, on YouTube. I don't really know exactly where they'll be. They just kind of pop up eventually. But those are the shows to look out for. It should be a fun rest of the tournament. The Ice Cross Infinity Championship, again, big title here in the Joshi world. Someone's going to win it. By the time we're back. We're gonna talk about it all. We're gonna talk fighting the top. We're gonna to talk about ice ribbons, ice cross affinity tournament. We're gonna to talk the upcoming pay per views, midsummer champions once again. We're gonna go through that full card. We're gonna talk new blood too. We're gonna to talk TJPW's summer princess show. We got a lot coming up. We got a lot coming up. So, so if you want to hear from me, until then, follow me. At Scott E-Wrestling on Twitter. That's where all my content goes. Uh, I got some exciting things coming up in the next couple of weeks here for Fightful. So make sure to check that out on Fightful.com. Or again, follow me because that's the best place to find all my content that I do deliver. Uh, You can, you know, continuously check out all my articles. I do write for Voice of Wrestling. I preview and uh, write columns uh, regarding stardom for them. So you check that out as well. But until next time, guys, have a great one. Thank you for listening. And make sure to enjoy Joshi each and every week because it's heating up. It's heating up. I said it all so long, but it's heating up. We're in for an exciting couple of weeks and a phenomenal Joshi summer. See you guys.